If you've ever signed your kids up for a camp or a sports team, then you've entrusted them with the coach of that group or that team. And that's a really big deal. Coaches have a huge impact on our kids' lives, good or bad. So I think it's drastically important to choose their coaches wisely and also learn to be great coaches to other kids if you're given that opportunity. Well, my guest today is a local coaching legend here in Southern California. He's a baseball coach, but I think it's safe to say he's not your average coach. He's a jorts-wearing, songwriting, nickname-giving entertainer who is a youth sports advocate, teacher, lover of baseball, and he has a special way of keeping kids engaged and building character in them. He also helps coach parents to be great coaches themselves. His name is James, but nobody calls him that. Everyone knows him by his nickname, Coach Ballgame. How in the world did you get this this nickname, Coach? Can I can I call you Coach, or is it, is it Mr. Ballgame? Mr. No, Ballgame? No, definitely not <laughs> Mister. Um, I always introduce myself as James because yeah, totally. that's the name my parents gave me. Uh, but uh, I'd say five people call me James. That's my <laughs> mom, my dad, um, my wife, and uh, like two of my aunts, nice. but basically all my friends in high school, college, um, and afterwards call me Jimmy. And my college nickname when I was playing at Brown University was Jimmy Ballgame because I was kind of known as the, not crazy talented, but um, very energetic, uh, dive for anything, a jump over a fence uh, or a, a tarp to try and catch a fly ball, a slide head first uh, at all costs, um, kind of a, a guy. So Jimmy Ballgame was my nickname. Nice. And then when I started coaching right out of college, I was coaching with a teammate, um, and he was like, I guess we've got to call you Coach Ballgame now instead of Jimmy <laughs> Ballgame. And so... It stuck. And the funny thing is, you never really hear those two words back to back. Like you hear coach baseball or Mr. Ballgame, but you never hear coach ballgame. And the name, you know, it stuck. And now sometimes people just call me ballgame. <laughs> uh, my friends casually will just call me Jimmy. But um, yeah, I, I would say the majority of people now just call me ballgame. That's great. Yeah. That's uh, it's it's definitely memorable. Tell us a little bit about about who you are. I grew up in North Carolina, small one horse town uh, called Ashboro, small three bedroom house, big backyard, and I had uh, uh, two older brothers and a dad that really taught me the game of baseball and basketball, football, horseshoes. We did everything in the backyard. My mom did everything else. Um, she w was an incredible uh, mom that uh, really taught us about character and uh, and doing the right thing, making the right choices. Uh, Dad was the funny guy, nice. uh, the sports guy. So I had that nice mix of both of them. And uh, with the two much older brothers kind of beat me up and putting Ric Flair uh, wrestling moves on me at a young age, it toughened me up pretty good. <laughs> so uh, that was my upbringing. And Growing up, kind of watching Saturday Night Live and baseball with Dad, um, I mean, Harry Carey and Steve Martin uh, kind of were the uh, soundtracks to my youth. And um, now I look back and 
what I do now is I coach youth baseball to kids, but I hear their voices in kind of everything I do, like the the, the quirky baseball of Harry Carey, the uh, creative um, artistry of Steve Martin, and uh, you know everything uh, in between. Uh, that's kind of what I do now. I coach youth baseball camps and sandlots, but I approach it very differently than what most are accustomed to. I, I try to marry all of my own interests of um, uh, improvisation, music, uh, art, uh, wacky, fun, um, and then you know throw all that onto a baseball field uh, and engage kids and get them to want to love uh, sports and get them to want to love outdoors. And then I can, uh, I can really teach them kind of the two things that I stand upon, which is uh, the skills of baseball and uh, building character, just kind of making them a better person. So nice. um, uh, all of that uh, encompassed into an outrageous amount of fun. <laughs> um, that's really, that's what Coach Ballgame stands for. And, uh, you know, the logo with the fedora hat and the bat and the ball. Um, my mom's uh, family is from Puerto Rico. So there's that, um, there's that, that Puerto Rican uh, flavor. Uh, I like to dance. So there, there's some fedora for you. And then, uh, when I started coaching, um, I, I needed to stand out because I yeah. was doing personal lessons in the middle of a big soccer field where there was hundreds of kids all over the place. And to stand out, I would say, I'm going to be the guy in the fedora hat sitting on a blue Lowe's hardware bucket. You can't miss me. <laughs> and so um, standing out and the Puerto Rican background, uh, it just makes sense. Uh, and, and now, you know, can't miss me. I'm the fedora hat guy on a baseball field. So <laughs> that's awesome. And there's so much to unpack there because, like, there's, and I've seen you in action a couple of times now, and you make it fun, you make it engaging for the kids, um, keep them, they, they really just stay wrapped when they're, when they're in one of your classes, one of your, one of your camps. And you mentioned, uh, I, I mean, I know you do kids coaching, you do camps, you do um, coaching games, but also you mentioned Sandlot. Tell us what, what is a Sandlot? Sandlot is what I've found to be my purpose in life, and it is um, an after-school thing where I find a field, an open patch of grass that has a backstop, and there are thousands of those all yeah. over the place that are empty. And some has grass, some has dirt, some has a little of both, some has a lot of rocks, whatever, doesn't matter. I find it, I drop some bases down, and invite kids in that area to come play. And we work on skills for 20 minutes. We stretch. We get nicknames. That's very important to get a nickname for each kid, personalize it, make them feel welcome. And then we split them into two teams, and we just play a scrimmage. And you've seen you know, all of the antics and, and songs and things that uh, I, I do within that scrimmage. But... I just make it very fun. Um, after an hour and a half, we uh, we give out some awards for uh, people who made good choices, and then we'll see you next week. So, and that's just my mission. Uh, kind of a small term is to hit every spot and hit every kid in Orange County, California, mm -hmm. and then long term, 
hopefully with you know the help of Major League Baseball and others, uh, hit every state and every town in America um, and do the same thing. And the vibe is so anti of kind of what this um, elite culture that I sensed was seeping into youth sports and youth yeah. baseball, which is got to have the best bat, got to have the best glove. Um, you've got to be the best caliber player just to play on the team. And then you got to play year round and you can't play other sports. This is once a week. And it's how I grew up playing. And it's how a lot of major leaguers and coaches and managers that I've talked to, it's how they grew up too. They played football, they played basketball, they played um, volleyball and they swam, but then they'd play baseball too. And they became this well-rounded athlete where when they were 16, 17 years old, when it really mattered, they loved baseball, uh, they were healthy, and they were ready for those college coaches to recruit them. They were ready for those pro uh, scouts to, to find them. Um, when it becomes so elite at 6U, 7U, yeah. um, uh, I, I, I see it personally. Uh, the kids burn out physically and mentally, and, and then they're not, they're not there when, when, it's, when it counts. So um, the starter for the Sandlot was when a parent came to me and said, my child feels too much pressure at his little league um, team. Um, you know, the coach is yelling a lot. There's negativity and he doesn't perform well under pressure. And I said, well, nobody performs well when they're being yelled at or when there's negativity or when they feel pressure. Totally. So why don't I start my own league? And, um, that was five years ago. And what I've noticed, uh, with just throwing positivity and fun and building character, uh, kind of looking through those lenses uh, on a baseball field, um, the kids are happier. They want to come back. The parents are starting to pick it up. Wait, you know, the, uh, positivity is the right way to go. Um, big picture is the way to look at it. Uh, and it's seeping into the homes and the communities. And, and it's, it's really changing lives. So... Um, I have T-shirts now that say "See you at the Sandlot," and <laughs> uh, I, I hope one day we can get—I um, don't know—Netflix or uh, <laughs> ABC or Fox to to say, "Hey, let's put this guy in a mobile home. Let's drive him around the country. Let's let him set up shop at all the different Sandlots and change lives." Extreme Makeover uh, Sandlot Edition with Coach Ball Game, but that's—I mean, that's. That's, that's why I'm on this earth. So yeah, that's the dream. Uh, yeah, this, I love it. The dream. Yeah. Nice. I, I, I see that. Yeah. The work that you're doing is just so special and so important because I like think you said like kids who have negative experience with coaches, that's, that's huge. I mean, that's, that's damaging that, that turns them off from probably sports or, you know, team, team environments and competition for, for maybe forever. Um, well, yeah, I say bad pictures get painted uh, very quickly and very clearly in a kid's brain, and it takes about 10 beautiful pictures to erase that one bad one. So mm -hmm. um, it, I, 
I can't blame these coaches. They're volunteering their time. They're yeah. electricians. They're teachers. They're uh, you know doctors that have been asked to go do something they've never done. It's one of the hardest things to do: engage young kids in a yeah. sport they don't want to play. Um, it's really, really difficult. And I started out as a bad coach. You know, I was coaching them kind of like they were 18. Hmm. Like I was coached in college, um, you know, pressure, yelling, and and it came off passive aggressive and negative. And after about a year of seeing them not having any fun, I wasn't having any fun. The expectations had to be changed, and I, I had to really um, – I had to study the coaches that kind of taught me, and I had two good ones, Dan Spring and Sean Flicky, uh, who uh, were basically my professors in grad school of coaching youth baseball. Hmm. They were all about positive reinforcement, setting expectations, but making it about the the person and not the player. Yeah. Um, and, and so by building character and having outrageous amounts of fun um, – you know, they they taught me how to do it the right way. And then I was able to kind of just put my personality into that uh, idea and that message. And, um, you know, I've ran with it. Nice. So one of the other things that you do that I think is really cool, and, and actually how I first kind of heard from you, heard about you, is um, a friend of ours, I think he took some sort of like class that where you were coaching adults on how to be coaches. Um Tell, tell me more about that because you kind of just alluded to like to talk, talk to me about about dads out there who want to coach their kids' teams and how to be how to be a great coach as as a parent. Yep, no, it's a huge a huge um, uh, motivator for me is to get every mom dad that that works with the kids that coaches the kids in any sport. Um, to just give them two hours of my time where I can I can do a coach's clinic or a parent's clinic and I can, out of the gates, just teach all of them kind of the big picture important things of what to look at. And um, every coach reaches hundreds, thousands of kids. So it's way more important for me to run a coach's clinic or a parent's clinic right. than a kid's clinic because um, they're the ones that are going to really be working with all these different kids. Um, I do have parents that stay during my camps or my sandlots and they, they pick it all up, you know, and they, they write their notes down and they use that and run with it. And thank God they do. Um, but I can really break it down, how to teach the skills of the game to each different age group. Um, but that's kind of down the line. The The first couple things I hit are just tricks I've found to engage the kids. And um, it starts with uncomfortable eye contact and an <laughs> epic team meeting pose. And I'll break it down, you know, on one knee, shoulders back, sit up tall. You want to get your honk as far away from your foot, chest out, chin up, uncomfortable eye contact. And then I'll ask the kids or I'll ask the coaches, why is uncomfortable eye contact so important? And that's the first thing I do at any camp, at any team practice. And it sets the tone for we must be respectful to the coach. We must listen. We must give eye contact. And if I can set that tone, and there's always a couple kids that need um, some, uh, some help with it, but we get them there. When that tone is set, 
then it's a bombardment of fun, and it's it's uh, I, you basically got them. You yeah. give them a nickname based on something they love to do. They have this special uh, superhero kind of feel about them. Wait, I've got this nickname now. I'm a different person. I'm a ball player. Um, they feel welcome. They feel like the coach cares and listens to them. Um, so by listening to them to get a nickname, and then by setting the tone of respect and uncomfortable eye contact, you're good. You've got them. They'll mm-hmm. they'll learn every skill you want to teach them, and uh, you can have the freedom to really have lots of fun. And your assistant coaches can do the same thing. So that's where I always start my coaches clinics out uh, with how to engage, and then just little tricks on on how to make getting down and ready fun, how to make catching a ball and practicing the skills of catching fun with songs, poems, things that rhyme, animal references, <laughs> wackiness, you know, all, all these things. If you got them laughing, yeah. then, you got, then you got them. So um, every personality is different, and I see that at all the dad's clinics and coaches' clinics because there's some moms, too, that, that do coaching, and they've yeah. come to my coaches' clinics. But it can sometimes be hard to get, you know, youth coaches to come to one of these clinics. But the ones that do... It helps them so much because they kind of they're able to see through the lens of, am I gonna make this kid want to come back next year, hmm. and am I making this kid a better person? And just looking through that lens, the wins don't matter right now, the losses don't matter right now, even the improvement of the skills, it's way down the list right yeah. now because some of them they haven't even built up motor skills to be able to do you know, what, what needs to happen. So just bring them back, let them know this place right here with some dirt and some grass and some bases is a really fun place to be. It's kind of like a birthday party, paint that beautiful picture. And, um, I've seen it. I've seen changes. I've seen the, the people that come and, and listen, uh, to my clinics, they don't scream from the bleachers anymore. There's <laughs> there's way more positivity than negativity. Yeah. But there's a long way to go. And um, thankful to social media and YouTube and ways that I can get the word out, people are starting to figure it out. Wait, you know, this guy's on to something. Um, because I don't remember every win or loss or hit or strikeout I had when I was eight, nine, yeah. ten. I don't remember any. Yeah. But... I remember some of the fun coaches I had that um, pushed me to keep going. And when I was 16, 17, I became a pretty good baseball player. Yeah. Do you, do you find that when you teach adults, when you, you're teaching parents to be better coaches, do you just use the same tactics? Is it just still just like positive reinforcement and making them feel special? And Yes, I do. And I, I try to bring kids uh, with me. Uh, to these coaches' clinics and dads' clinics. And um, that way, they can kind of see the way I work with each child because each child is, is very different. You've got the one that listens right away. And and you know they're going to be a leader and help a lot of the other kids. Um, but then on the other side of the spectrum, you've got the kid that's chewing on their glove, rolling around in the dirt, who's going to need a one-on-one pretty much the whole season. Yeah. Um, and for a, a, a parent... To be able to kind of see that in action and and see how 
whether they're on this side of it or that side of it, positive reinforcement all the way is the key. But at the same time, I'm no pushover. I really do challenge, especially when it comes to respecting and listening and paying attention. Yeah. That's a biggie for me. That it that has to happen for us to have all of this fun. So um, when I coach these parents, absolutely. I, I got to make them laugh too. I give all <laughs> them nicknames. You know, nice. I've got 40, 50 year old dads. Hey, what's your nickname? And why is your shirt not tucked in? You know, <laughs> uh, but you know, it, you, you, it, it's the same thing. You got to win them over as well. So um, nice. how do I win people over? I, I listen to them. And, and sometimes I'm bad at that, so I'm really sensitive to, to that, and I try to listen, uh, find out what they love to do, give them that nickname, uh, you know, make them laugh, and then then you got them. So I, I, you've talked a lot about about what kind of happens in one of your clinics or at a sandlot, but there's, I mean, there's there's music, there's costumes, you mentioned poetry, um, there's <laughs> there's theatrics, pageantry. What's like? Let's just what's your like go to song what's like let's just let's just hear it what's your what's like if you had to choose your favorite <laughs> a song well, you sing that you're there's go-to. there's many that uh that i've kind of come up with but i would say the one kids respond to the most and this and this I, is a coach ball game original and this is a coach ball game original okay. Okay. is um sumo sumo dance dance everybody dance on a toilet and hold pizzas in your hand. So that's the dance on a toilet song. And I always say, I always say to the kids, I wrote that song. <laughs> but you want to get a kid down and ready, you don't say, get down and ready. Uh, it, it won't happen. You got to throw in a song uh, with dancing on a toilet and holding pizzas in your hand. Um, and then you'll, they'll be singing that when they go home, you know, just something catchy like that. Another one is and how that, to And catch that gets them ready. It, it, I mean, it gets them ready. Exactly right. It's straight so, up, that's, that's Mr. Miyagi stuff, right? Exactly. Like, that's like, and, and that's a down and ready position for any sport, returning a volleyball, tennis, defense and basketball, linebacker and football, anything. It's just that, that universal athletic position down and ready. So, um, Again, wackiness, humor, something with a melody. Uh, they remember it, and uh, and instead of yelling, get down and ready. Yeah, right. And you could just you can hear that tone and that anger, um, which is kind of how a lot of us were taught. Yeah. What are you doing? Get down and ready. Versus dance, dance. Everybody dance on a toilet, like. It's probably the same volume that I use, but way different tone, <laughs> way different approach, and the latter works. Yeah. Um, so, uh, meat squeeze and freeze is another go-to song for for catching a baseball. A lot of kids like to catch the ball like a basket catch, and then they get hit in the face. So I say, fingers to the sky, meat squeeze and freeze. Uh, and the song is meet it, squeeze it, meet it, squeeze it, meet it, squeeze it, but don't forget to freeze it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> nice. I, I don't know why that always reminds me of Dumb and Dumber when Lloyd and, and Harry are in the van and they're singing uh, Mockingbird, but it's definitely yeah. got that, that vibe. 
But again, kids go home, they sing that song, and they remember it the next day. That's the biggest thing is, um, all right, what did we learn about catching? They just start singing that tune. What did we learn about being down and ready? They start singing Dance on a Toilet. So I've always loved music. My parents got me a drum set when I was three. Um, I learned how to play some guitar and piano in college. Nice. Uh, so... Uh, I have to have music going, and you can see in the background my conga, which I put in the on-deck circle at all my baseball camps. Um, under my guitar here, I've got a cajon, uh, and you know I've, I've tried to get every major leaguer that I've met uh, to sign it, and I've nice. gotten a lot of good signatures on both of these, but it, it it's a vibe, and it <laughs> is uh, it gets kids out of the dugout, into yeah. the on-deck circle, and it gets them cheering for the batter. And, yeah, it sets the coach ball game vibe. I love it. And it's it sticks with them. They remember it. Um, my, oh, ki- my kids, yes. My kids were still singing, yeah, dancing on the toilet, holding pizzas days later. So sure. it's great. Um, what would you say to – what would you do to, like, inspire a kid who just doesn't want to participate? A, a kid who – you know, maybe goes, joins a baseball team, a soccer team, but it's just like, just doesn't want to go. Yep. So, uh, I'll, 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 I call it trial by error and I just kind of see what makes them tick. And the first place I always go to is, um, but just what do they love to do and what what do they what would they rather be doing you know because you can sense right away um, they'd rather be doing something else so I kind of find what that is and try to intertwine that with whatever baseball activity we're doing so I mean the first practice uh, I can tell who doesn't want to be there so uh, I, I ask for their name their nickname and what they had for breakfast <laughs> and then um, I've I've figured out, you know, based on what they love to do, that's their nickname, and what they love to eat, um, that's something that I've learned about them and the other kids. And I, I really believe this. If a kid can feel welcome by his coach and by the rest of the team, they'll do anything, right? They'll, they'll even do something they don't want to do, or they don't even – they don't enjoy baseball, but they want to come because – they feel welcome and they want that um, social interaction. So if we can build this camaraderie and we can have people listening to each other and becoming friends, uh, build the friendship, uh, I think they'll they'll come back d- just for that. And then as far as different aspects of, of the game and practice and skills that we work on, just try to... Um, if if they like competition or if they like a points game, then let's let's do a, a drill with an assistant coach where it's all about points games, and that's why it's important to have kind of a couple of assistant coaches if you can. If you need a one on one with a kid who doesn't love baseball, but they can go um, into right field and play a fun game that that uh, engages this one child, they'll come back just for that. Just yeah. for that game, so and that meeting con- them and that on connection. their own, the connection, meeting yeah. them on their own playing field and connecting. I think that's remedy number one is connection. That word right there, um, and then just go from there. There are kids that just it's 
not meant for them to be playing this game. And and I will throw every the, the, I always look at that child as the challenge. If I'm doing a Monday through Friday camp, I want them to fall in love with baseball by Friday. Maybe they love stories. And so I'll tell a story about, you know, one of my heroes, Roberto Clemente or Jim Abbott. Maybe they love music. I'll break out the guitar. Maybe they love dancing. Um, and I'll, uh, you know, break <laughs> out some dance moves or do something like that. But I, I'm, I try to stay open to, to, uh, to listen. And, you know, I think if you're listening to each kid, you'll make it fun for each kid. Nice. Um, what, if you had to just like boil it down, I, I don't know, I don't know if you can, but cause it's kind of a big question, but like, what, why do you, why do you love baseball so much? You've devoted your life, not just to kids. I mean, I don't, I feel like more you've devoted your life to coaching and like this mission and, but like, eh, this, it's, it's a lot about baseball. <laughs> it is. There is no doubt about it. Well, I, I think it's a progression that started in the backyard, you know, where, my dad built this big green wall, and um, my neighbors and brothers could throw a tennis ball off of a pitcher's mound, and you know we could hit it and, and try to hit the tennis ball over the house for a home run. Um, just that backyard, sand lottie kind of upbringing, um, that, was, that was the beginning of everything. Um, but I think beyond that, when I got into high school and college, it was... It was the friendships and the specific moments with those friendships that I just want to keep coming back for. Um, you know, I, I I still have a text thread, and I love all my college teammates, and we try to get together as much as possible. But um, we just had so much fun together on the field and off um, that that really sticks with me. And so now that. I'm I'm an adult and it's time to kind of make it less about me and more about somebody else. Uh, I just want to I want to make that happen for for each kid. And and yeah, it's a lot about baseball. And boy, do I love the game. You know, my dad's a baseball nut and we grew up watching games from beginning to end. Um, you know, I, I just I just have a, a, a love for watching the game and seeing how the game changes and, and the players, uh, baseball cards. <laughs> I love uh, giving out baseball cards to these kids. They, you know, they, they see this this card and this picture and they go on the back and they see the numbers and the letters and the <laughs> stats. Um, and I see the joy that it brings them. But ultimately... It grows like the, the growth of the love of the game. It, it, it keeps progressing uh, just because of that face I see after after they've hit a ball real good, after they clock it, you know. And I'm usually pitching in these sand lots or, or lessons or clinics, and I see them drop the bat and run halfway to first, and they are looking at that ball and they are smiling. And it's as if nothing else matters in the world except that moment right there, and they are on top of it. They're on top of the world. Yeah, that 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 visual, that face. That's that's what brings me back. Nice. Well, I've got um, kind of two last questions for you, and I feel like I, I could. I I have a million more questions for you. Really, I have, I love chatting with you about. I love chatting with people who are passionate. I mean, that's just there's nothing like that, right? Just to hear somebody talk about their passion. Um, where they want to go, what they want to do with it, um, what they want to see in the world. Um, that's a beautiful thing. So, so thank you for that. Um, 
as I, as I mentioned to you, this, this podcast is for me is about being a better dad. And hopefully that's even, you know, somebody listening to it. Um, and I, we didn't really talk about you and your family, but you've got two, two girls that you mentioned at the beginning, but really through, through this lens of, of your work and your life mission, what advice do you have? What, what's like your top advice out there to somebody listening to a, to a dad who just wants to become a better dad? What's your top advice? Oh man. Well, I'll start with I am I am often a terrible dad and uh maybe that's where you begin is just um realizing that that you are a pretty bad dad when you wake up and you've got to make conscious efforts to be present as much as possible. And um I mean that's that's what I um, aspire to do is try to be present as much as I can. And it's hard for me to turn my brain off and, and let my girls put makeup on me or, um, or teach me, uh, uh, something about their playhouse or their dollhouse when my brain is going five different ways, uh, on work and, uh, on whatever I'm, I'm thinking about or doing. So, um, Something that's helped me is waking up early, and before the kids wake up, I can have my own time to uh, meditate, uh, read, um, just have me time. That way I feel like, okay, I've gotten that in, now the girls are awake, and I can be super present. That's helped me uh, yeah. in these past couple weeks of doing it. So, yeah, wake up early. That way you can have you time, because I think that's necessary, and that that pushes me away from being a good dad when I'm thinking, man, I don't get any me time, you know? Yeah. I hear, I hear you saying like, be disciplined in order to be consciously present, like waking up early and having the you time and turning off the screen or whatever it is, your, whatever it is you need to turn off that lets you be consciously present. I like the consciously present thing. How early, how you said, you said, wake up early. How early? Well, on a good day, it's four thirty, oh, and, uh, yeah, that's still, that's still that's like crazy. that's still night. That's not morning. I know, I know, <laughs> but um, that's that's a great day. Uh, but I'd say average is around quarter to six, and yeah, it gives me that time to get grounded and and have really quiet time because I do love peace and I love quiet. Yeah. And if I can get a substantial amount of that, um, then I've I've got a productive day. Yeah. Thank you for that. Last question: Where can uh, where can people find you? I, yeah, I think just the words "coach ball game." If you Google it, uh, everything should come up. Uh, Coachballgame.com. That's where you can sign up for uh, all of my camps and sandlots, and that's where you'll find my merchandise, um, hoodies and t-shirts and hats and coloring books. Nice. Uh, that's where you'll find my online instructional curriculum. I've broken down um, 60 different instructional videos on the game of baseball, and I've put um, uh, lectures that coincide with each of the videos of how you can teach it and uh, and then um, engage the kids at the same time. So uh, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, it's all at Coach Ballgame. And um, yeah, you, you, you can find me at a sandlot near you if you're somewhere in Orange County, for sure. Awesome. 
Well, Coach, thank you so much for uh, for joining Jimmy Ball Game, Coach Ball Game, all of the above. Um, really appreciate it, man, and appreciate your perspective and appreciate what you're uh, what you're doing for lots of lots of kids out there. I think it's important and uh, and valuable work. So so thank you. Same to you. Keep doing the good work there, Matt. You're a great podcast you got going. So glad to be on. Yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks again to Coach Ball Game and everybody out there. Go check out his YouTube channel, his Insta, and his TikTok. Lots of great stuff. It's super fun. If you've made it this far, you might as well go ahead and subscribe in your podcast platform. We've got a lot more great stuff planned for 2021. Thanks for listening.